When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for Tales of Terror, only on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated R and is recommended restricted for anyone under the age of 17. Available now from the Radio Theatre Workshop. Go, go, go! From the creative team behind Elite Escape Velocity. Two tangos reported entering building three hours ago. Based on the short story by Michael Brooks. Police unit sealed area within 20 minutes. Forced entry. Flashbangs deployed. No sign of hostages. Code word Alice. All teams execute. This is no basement. Something doesn't smell right down here. Command to Charlie team. Acknowledge. Available now at radiotheatreworkshop.com. There's something behind us! Diagonal Dreams Podcast, Season 1, Episode 3 of Post-Apocalyptic Nightmare. This audio theater features some situations that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Chapter 3, The Beginning of the End, Part 3. handcuffed to the bed. What did I do? It's just precautionary. Cat studied Adrian's face. He looked in her direction, but it felt as though he was staring through her, not at her. The skin around his eyes was sunken in and dark. He nursed the lip of a porcelain mug and proceeded to sit on the far end of her bed, still not looking at her. What's going on? What happened last night? One of those bastards scratched you when they attacked. Cleaned your wound and saw they broke the skin. Cat gingerly touched the bandage covering her left eyebrow. A spark of electricity flew through her fingertips. She quickly pulled her hand away. Does it hurt? A little, I guess. What does this have to do with anything? Why did you restrain me? We don't know what causes the madness. So what? Well, we don't know if you're one of them now. I'm not. How would you even know that, Kat? What are you going to do? Keep me chained to this bed forever? And what are you doing to Heather over there? 
Heather didn't even open her eyes at the mention of her name. She was laying on her side, facing the wall in a bed a few feet away from Kat's. Her hands were also restrained, hers with a brown rope, unlike Kat's metal handcuffs. She's been puking her guts out. Help her, for God's sake. She'll be okay. Just try to relax. There's nothing wrong with me. We'll see you in a few days. Let's play it by ear, just to be safe. Kat felt like a prisoner of war. Adrian kept her chained to a bed in the tiny room she shared with the unconscious Heather. The room smelled vile from Heather's persistent vomiting. She was brought dehydrated fruit and stale granola for her meals. The water rations were dismal and she was reduced to two cups a day with her meagre handfuls of food. The water smelled awful and there were small pieces of opaque chunks skimming its surface. Still, she could only refuse it for so long before her body screamed from dehydration. By the end of the second day, Kat gave in and held her nose and chugged. Her stomach boiled from the vomitous swig, but the momentary relief she received from quenching her thirst was worth the two hours of stomach cramps that followed. Every six hours, Adrian would come into the shared bedroom and give Heather a shot and change her bedding. Sometimes Heather would shriek in his face, spit at him, or writhe around on the bed like an animal. Please, please just give me anything. Anything, please! God, the pain! I I can't take it! But he never used a harsh tone with her, despite his obvious frustration. He would simply call for Ravi, who would come in and hold Heather down, bear hug style, and whisper softly into her ear. But most of the time, Heather lay still and silent, not even registering she had been disturbed. She appeared to be in and out of consciousness for the majority of their shared confinement. Her hourly routine consisted of retching over the side of her stained bed into an overflowing trash can and crying out for relief from the fire that raged inside her. She begged for release from the small 8 by 10 prison. There's nothing wrong with me. Let me out of here! Consider yourself on probation. If you do anything weird, you have to be locked up again. At your discretion, right? I'm just trying to protect the group, which includes you. I'm not so sure I trust you anymore. Fair enough. Heather was allowed to leave the room first, and after a few hours, Kat was permitted to join the rest of the group in the dining room. The window was now boarded up with splintery plywood, but the carpet still brandished the now old, rusty bloodstains. Heather sat between Ravi and Jenny on top of a metal stool. Her eyes were bloodshot, and her thin lips were streaked with white. The silence in the room was fraught with unasked questions. Welcome back to the land of the living. Well, sort of. What's for breakfast? And please don't say dried fruit. Well, we have a selection of slightly mature baby carrots and refried beans or brown cereal with no milk, obviously, but with the added protein of sugar ants. Slightly mature? These carrots are sprouting mold. I'll take the ant-infested cereal. 
Good choice. Why did he mix the carrots with the canned beans? We could have still eaten the beans without all the mold. Um, that's on me, guys. Sorry. I was trying to throw down in the kitchen. Is that the right phrase? Got a little carried away, I guess. Do you consider mold a delicacy? I just wasn't paying attention. Besides, it's not entirely my fault. Yes, it appears our friend Ravi is colorblind too. Really? Like, completely colorblind? What other kinds would there be? Jenny, what the hell is wrong with you? I have been completely colorblind since birth, but I didn't start losing my sight until I was a teenager. And I told you before, I am not totally blind. I can see a little, but it's very dark and very fuzzy. You see the world for what it truly is, then. The group perked up as Heather entered the conversation. Her once drooling mouth now turned down into an indignant frown. What do you mean? Life is nothing but a grey area. I get by. What kind of job did you have before? Well, I had a degree in electrical engineering. Let me guess. You were working as an overqualified janitor. (laughs) No. Adrian, you know you're allowed to be nice to people, right? Mind. Blown. I had a job at an electric motor repair company. The thing about my work was I had to use my hands all day. So I just had to pay really close attention to what I was doing and how the pieces felt when I was putting things together and taking things apart. Muscle memory, I guess. So you built motors? Like car engines? (laughs) No. The motors I built were as big as cars. I've worked on motors from electric companies, commercial trains, and roller coasters. I did work on cars for fun in my spare time, though. That's actually pretty cool. Yes, extremely cool. But we need to start wrapping this up and get on the road. Both cars are gassed up and loaded with supplies. Everyone, make sure you layer on the SPF before you go out. We can't afford to wait until nightfall to leave this time. Can't I finish eating first? What's the rush? I just want to get out of here. It's time to move on. Wait a minute, both cars? Since when? Yeah, we found another one parked behind this building. Let me guess. You want me to drive the second one by myself so I don't kill anyone? It's just for a while. Until you're completely cleared, we can't afford to take any chances. Fine. Come on, Heather. Let me help you put your shoes on. Ow! It hurts when I bend down for some reason. Slowly. Now. There we go. Did you record the temperature in the log this morning? Yes. It's three degrees hotter than yesterday. What are you guys talking about? Temperature tracking. For record-keeping purposes. Hopefully it will get lower the farther north we go. fuck is wrong with you? Leave her alone. Get away from her. I'm sorry. She just 
scared the hell out of me just now. Where am I? It's okay, Kat. We're okay. I was dreaming. You've been talking in your sleep again. Or should I say screaming in your sleep? That's the third time this week. It's these whispers. I keep hearing them and my dreams are so vivid, but I... I can't remember now. I don't know why it's happening. It's just nightmares, probably. Where's Rafi and Heather? I think they're downstairs. Downstairs where? I don't remember stopping anywhere. Weren't we just at the homeless shelter? Kat rubbed her wrist, trying to find the small indentation the handcuffs had made when she was restrained to the bedpost. Surely it wouldn't have disappeared overnight. But her skin was as smooth as it always had been, albeit sunburnt, and there were no physical clues that she'd ever been bound. What the hell? We found this abandoned casino. Thought it might be fun to stay the night here. You don't remember driving in? I don't know what I remember. That's concerning. Kat slowly reached up and traced the length of her left eyebrow with her index finger. Feeling the long scar quelled some of her fears about her memory loss. Its presence proved that she had been attacked by bashers. But all her other memories were spotty and unreliable. I'm fine. Just a little rattled. Do you need some water? Here, you're probably dehydrated. Kat took the bottle gratefully and drank the rest of the bottle in one swig. The cloudiness cleared and she felt much better. Well, come on then. I've been waiting for you to wake up so we can check out some of the game rooms. There's no power, but this place is still pretty neat. Okay. Just try to be careful. You're not going to come with us? Nah. I'm going to go over some maps I've found. Plan a couple of alternate routes we can take if we run into trouble. Suit yourself. You're not into him, are you? Who? You mean Adrian? Psst. No way. I'm sure there are other survivors out there. You don't have to resign yourself to cold-hearted Lieutenant Doofus. It's not really the ideal time for romance, but yeah, I'll keep that in mind. You know I ran a romance blog, right? A what? You know, a blog, like a diary you keep on the internet, but other people could read it. I know I told you I mostly did vlogging, promoting stuff like that, but I did keep a personal blog too. The unfamiliar words swam around Kat's head, but she feigned understanding to keep the conversation going. Oh, yeah, right. A blog. I remember. No, I told you I did videos, but I never told you about my blog. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, I would write about my love life, give advice, ask for advice and stuff like that. I once came across this article and shared it with my readers, that you can tell if someone is attracted to you by looking at their eyes. When you like someone, your body ultimately responds to the stimulus, giving away your secret. Jenny stopped and turned towards Kat, sizing her up and down. Kat watched her with intense curiosity. Kat, look over there. Adrian's not wearing any pants. Huh? Within a matter of seconds, Jenny clicked on the flashlight she held in her hand and shined it in both of Kat's eyes. Hey, cut it out, you're blinding me. Like a police officer doing a sobriety check on an inebriated driver, Jenny quickly passed the beam back and forth across Kat's left and right eye, before throwing her head back and laughing hysterically. Was that really necessary? You should have seen your face. Stop playing around. I had to know for sure, but yeah, you passed the love test. What does that mean? It means you were telling the truth. 
In fact, I think your pupils even got smaller when I shined the light on them. Adrian is actually a turn-off for you. Good girl. Kat rolled her eyes and smirked, but said nothing. The stairway ended, and they could see Ravi and Heather in the room below. Ravi was smiling and chatting to her while Heather stared at the floor. Speaking of weird romances... Hey Kat, you're up. How are you feeling? Confused. You too? I feel like I can't remember anything lately. So strange. Well, <clears throat> uh, look over here what Heather and I found. These look pretty cool. The room was jam-packed with tall metal-shaped boxes, lining almost every wall. Kat clicked on her flashlight and saw the carpet displayed brilliant shades of reds, purples and black in alternating patterns throughout the room. She ran her hand along the soft green felt of an elongated table, decorated with several rows of numbers, each encompassed within a red or a black square. Games. The word revealed itself to her as she pictured the room full of adults, dressed in elegant clothing. (laughs) Women in low-cut dresses draped over gleeful, sweaty men sat seated around the table. Cheers rang out from the participants as one man punched the air with his fist triumphantly and pulled a stack of yellow chips towards his seat. A beautiful girl in a cocktail dress placed a tall, frothy drink in front of him. A plain-faced woman dressed in black flipped over the cards in front of players at other tables. Elderly women on electric scooters cursed and stuffed more coins inside the metal boxes, now alive, their graphics spinning with colours. The scene played out so vividly in her mind that Kat thought she should reach out and touch someone. She would grasp flesh instead of empty air. The vision continued and Kat was enamoured with the world around her. Excitement buzzed throughout the room as they laughed, cried, cursed and drank their alcohol. Come on, baby! Money, big money, big money! Kat turned her attention to the man standing at the end of the green-topped table. He leaned over the table, his hand rolling a pair of red dice around in his palm. His forehead was sweaty, and he lifted the pair of dice to a pretty woman on his left. She laughed and kissed the dice before shrieking in excitement. The vision stopped abruptly, and Kat was once again cast back into the dark room, her flashlight laying at her feet. Heather stepped out from behind a machine and touched her hand, a smile toying at her lips. There was something about her, something different. Kat couldn't put her finger on it as she watched Heather, watching her. All of a sudden, the realisation hit her so hard, she felt nauseated. Wait, where's the baby? Cat. Jenny was now behind her, a look of fear and desperation painting her face. Christian. Heather frowned and took a step backwards away from Cat, her hand dropping from Cat's arm in confusion. Cat, be quiet. That's a nice name. If I ever have a boy, that's what I would name him. It was my brother's name. You did have a baby. A boy. At the homeless shelter. I I delivered him right before the- Cat, maybe you are confusing your dreams with reality. No, he was real. I saw him. He was real. Shh, shh. Now, it's okay. We've all been through a lot in a short amount of time. We just need to stick together and we'll get through this. Why are you lying to her? 
You both saw the baby. I'm, I know I'm not going crazy. There's only one pill left. We can't screw this up now. Hello? Are you guys even listening to me? She was unconscious when Adrian told us about them. Oh my god, you think he forgot to tell her when he had her locked up? Quit ignoring me! Ravi made a sign to Jenny, resting his three middle fingers to his palm while leaving his thumb and pinky up. He placed the thumb to his lips and tilted his hand upwards, rolling his eyes back in the process. So he's only manageable when he's acting like a complete lush. I swear he almost smiled at me one day. Almost. We need to stock up on booze. He might have been in a better mood, but obviously something really important slipped his mind. Stop ignoring me! Okay. This is gonna sound really weird, but you have to trust us, okay? Just tell me what the heck is going on! I think it's already too late for that. Kat, Ravi and Jenny turned to look at Heather who was no longer standing next to Ravi's right side. She had slowly ambled towards the darkness of the poker room. Her scraping footsteps were the only sound that could be heard in the building's entire basement floor. Heather, come back here. It's too dark for you to wander off alone. We have to make sure she doesn't hurt herself. She's probably really confused right now. This place is not safe for a blind man. Come on, hold on to my arm and we'll find her. I'm coming too. No, you need to go back upstairs and talk to Adrian. He'll fill you in on everything. I hope it's not too late. Fill me in on what? Why can't you just tell me now? We gotta find her. We don't have time for this. Just go upstairs and stay with Adrian. Tell him to tell you about the pills. He'll know what that means. Kat began making her way back upstairs, feeling the tapestry-covered wall for direction. She hadn't noticed how dark the casino's internal rooms were until she had to navigate them alone. The darkness and silence did not frighten her, but only seemed to momentarily placate her restless spirit. The simplicity of stark nothingness far outweighed the constant threat of the blazing weather and basher violence. I saw him, Katya. Heather, is that you? How did you get all the way over here without me hearing you? Did you find Ravi and Ginny? Wait a minute. Why did you call me? What are you saying? What are you saying? If you expect to wake up from this nightmare, think again. This isn't a dream. This is hell. And you're here forever. about the baby. I tried to change the subject. I really did. But I hate lying about the whole thing. It makes me feel dirty. It's what's best for right now. Did you even bother to tell her what's going on? I was planning to when the time was right. She's been acting so strange these last few days. I wanted to make sure she could handle it. Well, you underestimated her. She remembered everything. She brought it up straight away. That's not something you'd likely forget. I knew this would happen. You know she's just stressed out. You're the one who kept her locked up like an animal. 
You kept lying to her, saying it was only for three days. That is enough to make anyone nuts. Besides, we're all dehydrated, sunburnt, hungry, scared out of our minds. It would be a shock if we all weren't seeing things by now. No offence, Ravi. Kat entered from the other room, her arms folded across her chest. What's wrong now? You look like you've seen a ghost. Come sit down here with us. I delivered him. Why don't you all remember that? Stop pretending I'm crazy. That's not, uh... I know you might not remember what really happened, but I promise we'll talk about it when the time is right. You just need to trust me right now. Do not bring up that baby again. Heather is in an extremely fragile state right now, and she... Heather? He's beautiful. Heather? Where did you get that... What is that? Is that a foot? Like an actual human foot? Oh my god, Heather. What are you doing? Did you kill someone? Look, you guys. He came back to me. My beautiful baby boy is back. Hush, little baby, don't you cry. Mama's gonna see. Don't move. No, don't! She's confused! You can't just keep making excuses for her. Adrian, what are you doing? Put that away! She's gonna get us all killed. Adrian, you absolutely need to calm down right now. This isn't a psych ward. Adrian! I'm not dealing with her anymore. Put that away right now. Sit down. I will shoot her through you. Adrian. We'll not survive her this long only to die because of some junkie. Heather, where did you get that? Oh my god, I don't really know what you're Shut up. Everyone just shut the hell up. I need to think. The survivors continue to argue amongst themselves, unruly and unconcerned about making their presence known throughout the building. Two pairs of curious ears followed the sounds of their shouting. Drop it. Oh, steady now. Who are you? We have no business with you. You move a muscle, and I'm the one who's blowing your head off. That goes for all of you. Okay, look. I'm only placing my gun on the floor. No need to get crazy. Grab it, Ira. If I don't see a pile of weapons magically appear in front of me within the next five seconds, I will lose my shit. And believe me, y'all won't like me when I'm upset. Are you deaf? She doesn't carry a weapon. Well, you better shut her up before I kill her. What do you want from us? This is our territory. I'll be the one asking the questions here. You must be with the Foster Brothers, I presume. Who? I ain't talking to you, Scarface. Kat shrunk back and self-consciously rubbed her scar until it burned. Your silence tells me you have something to hide. Who are you people? Oh, honey. We're about to be your worst nightmare. Bet. Just leave us alone. We haven't done anything to you. Do I look stupid? Now, our group is down a member. (laughs) Which I'm sure you people already know. The poor girl was snatched out on her supply run. My brother and I have been looking for her. And instead of finding all of her, we see you people carrying around her foot like a goddamn baby doll. We don't know whose foot that is, we swear. We were only just asking her ourselves when you came in here. This one, right here. 
She knows. What did you do to her? I'll kill you! I, I didn't kill anyone. This is my son. Oh yeah, really believable. Claim insanity when it suits you. She's a recovering addict. Look at her. She must have found the foot somewhere and started having delusions. What is this? Some kind of mental hospital? No, it says casino right outside on the front. Shut up! Y'all better start talking really quickly because my trigger finger's getting awfully itchy. Now I'm going to ask you again. Who are you people and what did you do to Sam? And why do you have her goddamn foot? How do you even know whose foot this is? That tattoo on the ankle you see right here? Done by yours truly. I don't reckon there are too many people sporting my fine craftsmanship on themselves without me knowing about it. Got any more stupid questions? You people make me sick. Wait a minute. Look at the condition of the foot. It's already starting to rot. I'd say it was removed several days ago by someone with anatomical experience and a certain level of precision. Probably with a bone saw or something similar. We only arrived here today. Still think she did it? Look at her arms. All the track marks. She's a goddamn druggie. When we found her, she was stoned out of her mind. No way in hell would she have the brain power to do something like that. You jackass! Hmm. I don't know about all that. Seems to me like y'all would say just about anything to get I and my brother here to go away. Well, guess what? We ain't going nowhere, so somebody better start talking about where Sam is. Wait, how do you know all that just by looking at it? Are you a doctor or something? Yes, he is. Well, uh... So maybe you did this? Real stupid outing yourself like that. I'm a military-trained physician. Whoever did this has some knowledge, but not on a professional level. My work would be flawless. The stitching around the ankle is lazy, and it looks like it was done in a hurry. By the look of it, I would say maybe a vet tech or a farmhand. Too sloppy for a human doctor. Could have even been self-taught. I told you it was those damn brothers! Shut up, Ira. Maybe you can be of use to us. That's if you really are a doctor. Screw you. I don't negotiate with terrorists. (laughs) Either you come with us or we kill you. All of you. Make your decision. What do you want with us? With you? Nothing. But a doctor could be of use to our community. I don't go anywhere without my entire group. We don't need an addict going through all of our supplies. Bigger purpose, sister. Mm -hmm. Fine. Tie him up and throw him in the back. Well, that was interesting. Think you can handle another episode? If so, join us again next time for another chapter of Post-Apocalyptic Nightmare, starring Journey Brown Saintel, Andrew Quintero, Emily Husband, Esther Payne, Chimebi Unjaku Brown, Allegra Rodriguez Shivers, and me, Gina Pietramonico. This episode also featured the voice talents of Greg Thomas, Christopher Power, and Nicholas Watson. Story written by Courtney Holloway. Sound designed by Christopher Jarvis at the Radio Theater Workshop. Original music composed by Bradley Parsons. For full access to the show notes, check us out online 
And don't forget to head over to wherever you listen to podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Jack Ward, and from all of us here at the Mutual Audio Network, we'd like to say thank you for making this our fourth season. With hundreds of original shows, we are the world's largest curated podcast and podcast family collection of audio drama and audio fiction, and it's all because of you. We couldn't be more grateful because it's here at Mutual where we listen and imagine together. Together.